0: How do you sort out the so-called jargon from real-world practices that work? Do the members of your organization find some business advice utterly confusing? Welcome to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. In this program, we set the record straight and in terms that people at any level of business and technology can understand. Now, here is your host, Sam Holzman.
1: Welcome to this uh, episode of the 2020s Enterprise. Thank you very much for joining me. Um, And uh, for those of you that are joining me live or are going to be listening, um, you know, through the Internet or something like that over the next little while, uh, I am going to give you a date here. It's April of 2020. And the reason for this is because there are some topics we'll be discussing uh, that happen to be related to uh, the coronavirus uh, COVID-19 situation that we're in. Uh, And in my voice, you may hear a little bit of a frustration, and that's because I am frustrated in the response of our leaders, both political leaders at all levels of government, unfortunately, and also, unfortunately, uh, the response from corporate leaders, if I can use that phrase. Uh, And I will get into this uh, in, in just a moment, but the title for this show on purpose is moving from crises management to creating a resilient organization in anticipation of the next crises. Uh, This is not the first time there has been a major issue that has occurred. And I use the word issue. I don't want to use the word crisis issue. Uh, Sometimes, by the way, uh, resilient organizations can respond to competitors they can provo- uh, respond to new product development it 's not just the negative side this is not this is not a risk management phrase it's recognizing that there will be left and right movements in society in organizations on a daily weekly monthly basis whatever it is um, and and that 's what we have to recognize and In my previous episode of the show, just for for those of you that are tracking this, um, the title of of the previous episode, so you can sort of get a context, was Why Some People Revel in Complexity. And what we are seeing is the response is a, forgive this phrase, a knee-jerk reaction to what is being looked at one foot out. And so what we see is, well, we're going to go this way, then we're going to go this way, then we're going to go this way, then we're going to go this way. way. And one of the examples I want to give you is what's going on right now with these ventilators. And if any of you are following the chaos going on here, um, it is unconscionable, absolutely unconscionable that this is what's going on. So I'm going to give you a series uh, to begin this episode, and it was in detail in my past episode called why some people Revel in complexity uh give you an, an understanding here sort of like a chronology of what i would unfortunately consider to be total nonsense in what's going on and not thinking through thinking is what we need to do yes we need action yes we're going to have to spend money but thinking is what we need to do before we start writing checks and unfortunately the philosophy seems to be once we write a purchase order success is declared Hey, we're all set. Everybody says, claps and things like that. No, when the purchase order is written is when the hard work starts beginning. And by the way, before the purchase order is written, there should be a lot of hard work going on here. So let me give you the example. April 8th, General Motors was awarded almost a half a billion dollar contract for 30,000 ventilators. Now, as a Detroiter, I'm thrilled with that money. Uh, that is coming out of my pocket and your pocket. Thank you very much for all of you that are listening, that are contributing to this. Of course, you know that there's no such thing as as federal money. It's your money and my money being redistributed. And uh, since it's Detroit, that's wonderful. But here's some of the interesting things. We are in April, ladies and gentlemen. And if you read the article, it says here, most of the ventilators are going to be delivered in August. Let me repeat that, August. Now, I hope this situation is over. Maybe it won't be, okay, but let's again, August. August, okay? And the first one of six thousand of these things are supposed to be uh, produced on June one. Okay? All right, so that's one article. Article number two. Okay. Putting, as they say, the things together, building a chain here of thought. You know what it's called once again? Thinking. Coronavirus in Mississippi, UMMC makes ventilators with basic hardware store supplies. Okay? Dr. Charles Robertson, a UMMC pediatric anesthesiologist and the mastermind behind the idea, has set out to make the absolute simplest ventilator. We can build with parts available in any city. You don't need any special tools to put together, and it can be done quickly as the need arises. Uh, Dr. Charles Robinson, uh, professor of anesthesiology, explains the ventilator ventilator design, ready for this, made from items that can be bought at a hardware store or online costing less than $100. And the other thing, ladies and gentlemen, it can be delivered today today. Not in August or sometime today. Is it the same thing? No. For those medical professionals out there, I don't. I don't. I'm not a medical professional. There is no way it's the same thing. But we have a crisis. I don't. I don't like that term. We have a crisis. Waiting until August is not going to do anything right now. Why don't we go talk to this professor? And he's already built 170 of them, and I'm sure he's getting some discussions with the fda and other people that are saying hey don't do this (laughs) we've got this gravy train here called an annuity that's going on there sam you're being sarcastic no i'm being truthful i'm just reading this gentlemen ladies and gentlemen to you all right here is the kicker article number three (laughs) okay sorry for chuckling i shouldn't be chuckling but people have got to start thinking Here's the title of the, doc, of the article. In modern healthcare, some doctors moving away from ventilators for virus patients. Are you kidding me? This is astounding. Okay, and this article says, you know what? <clears throat> We've got some kind of scary statistics here. Now, there isn't a cause and effect here, but a very small study in Wuhan, China says... of the people on ventilators died. Now, once again, you don't know it's a cause and effect. Is it because of the ventilator or is it because of coronavirus and other things? Okay, we don't know. But this should be a pause, a pause for a moment of spending gazillions of dollars uh, and going out there and doing this. And what's also interesting in this article and others that are popping out over the last few days that I've been watching is that people are finding out that there are, quote, free ways, free, F-R-E-E, no-cost ways, to possibly address this that seem to be working pretty well. And that has to do with, forget the ventilators for a moment, what we're going to do is to move the patient around from his back to his side to his stomach to his back to his side to his other side and back and forth. And this seems to be working pretty well and the cost of that of course is zero and it looks like it's working so here we go again knee-jerk reactions all over the place spending all this gazillions of dollars considering it to be a success once again the purchase order is written everything should be fine and yet we may be actually exacerbating the issue that's out there we don't know but As somebody that is a pretty logical person, when I'm looking at these things, not as a medical professional, but as a logical person, I'd say, wait a minute, let's get off of the TV for a moment and think about what's happening here. Forget the economic impact for a moment, but are we actually hurting these people? Hurting? That's the thing we have to look at. Cause and effect, you know, that is out there. And more recently, if you've been using your favorite news site or something like that, you're starting to hear that this movement of the patient, um, essentially 360 movement, not continually, but in sequences, is something that that people are now, uh, doctors are looking at seriously because it seems to be pretty effective. And for those of you that are much more steeped in uh pulmonology or lung stuff, whatever you want to call it. I, I, I I'm sorry, I don't know the, all all the terminology that's out there. Uh, you may have some m- much more insight than I have, and I'd love to hear from you about this thing. Obviously, it is not my expertise. I'm an analyst. I'm an architect for enterprises and business. That's my key focus. However, people have said to me, you know, you are a pretty good analyst it's not thinking out of the box it's thinking before i'm writing checks now let's look at the title of this particular episode which is moving from crises management to creating resilient organizations in anticipation of the next crises and what i'm suggesting is we have no idea whether this quote crisis, the coronavirus covid19 is going to reappear in five or six or eight months We are so new to this whole area that we have got to today start thinking rather than just reacting. I don't want a crisis playbook. I want a script that says, if this, then that, if this, then that, sitting back, thinking about things prior to it happened. Some people call it strategy, some people call it scenario plans. We call it, as you'll see in just a moment, event modeling. This is something that we have been doing since 1972. This is nothing new out there. It is part of what we do in enterprise architecture. There are six things that we look at uh, for a business, for an activity, for a question, whatever it is. The analysis approach that we look at looks at six items. And one of those items is what we call events. And it tends to be looking at if this, then that. Lots of organizations think they're process driven. No, they're actually event driven. Events drive the actions in the organization, and we're going to be describing this to you uh, as a service to everyone listening uh, in the show in just you know just a few minutes. This is vital for everyone to start thinking rather than just writing purchase orders. And there will be another situation. Is it going to be another disease? Is it gonna be another virus? Is it gonna be an internal internet outage, an external internet outage? Uh, Today I heard um, that uh, people with Nest cameras uh, are gonna get uh, an update to their cameras with lower resolution output because the internet can't handle the amount of stuff that's out there. Hey, (laughs) anybody listening? (laughs) Okay, And in Europe, Uh, Some of the major uh, uh, streaming suppliers have done the same thing. They've lowered the video rate from 4K to 1K because the Internet can't handle it. Well, we don't know where that number is. Any hackers out there listening to me? I'm sure they are. The Internet's broken. Hackers have won. Here we go. So we have to recognize that there will be another one. I hope these things don't happen. A tsunami, a earthquake, yeah, we're seeing those too. Another terrorist attack, I hope there isn't one. I obviously don't want to see any of this stuff. But I'll tell you one thing. I want our leadership and our corporate people here to start thinking about these things and prepare for these things. You want to call it contingency plans, you want to call it, uh, uh, you know, uh, business interruption, recovery, doesn't matter. It's not that hard to do when you take it apart into its components. And the key component that we're looking at essentially is what I call event modeling. And it is a bit unnerving that the reaction of most organizations is just this right now, reactive and crisis driven. And people are getting rewarded for this. Hey, look at this. We put this crisis plan together. You should be fired. <laughs> it's the objective of leadership. And the ob- objective of leaders in our government and our you know, public, both private sector, is to try to avoid these as much as possible. That's what's called leadership rather than reactive management. That's what we should call what's going on today. Yes, I'm being a little blunt, and forgive me for this. But I hope some people are listening out there this is going to happen again. And I've introduced this word to you, this word event. And we will be talking about this in a lot of details coming up in in just a few minutes. Event modeling and analysis is the approach that the Enterprise Architecture Center of Excellence and the Business Architecture Center of Excellence are two branches of our organization have taken with clients to enumerate and analyze the expected and the unexpected before anyone gets too excited. Do we have the answers to everything? Of course not. Let's be a little blunt here. If anybody could tell me the stock price of any stock five seconds from now, I'll take these people to Tahiti. (laughs) What we can do is provide educated paths, thoughtful paths in a situation that is not stress as stressful, which is now to some people and massively stressful to some people right now, before the next crisis hits. You know, it's out there. Let me, let me propose something to you. What if we find out the next time you and I have a chance to chat that these ventilators, and by the way, there's another contract out there I heard. I, I, have, I don't have the details at this particular time. Uh, your money and my money, $2.3 billion dollars, for more ventilators. What if we find out that these things are actually hurting these patients? Well, we'll we'll stop. We'll stop. Stop what? We just wrote contracts for these things. I I, I don't know what they say or things like that. What's the alternative? Maybe it is this human rotation type of thing that's out there. But maybe we should look at things differently. Maybe we should talk to the scuba diving community and figure out how they handle one, two, and three atmospheres of depth by introducing, introducing excuse me, nitrogen into the scuba tank to make it easier to breathe. Oh, that's interesting. By the way, somebody's actually starting to look at that. And what are we talking about here? Looking outside the myopic, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, activity that's out there. People say, well, outside the box. It's that siloed thinking that we have to break. And we also have to understand that we can prepare for a lot of things, not everything, but we can prepare for a lot of things. We're gonna take a short break. We'll be back here in just a few minutes and introduce you to this concept of event modeling and analysis. Thank you very much for listening.
0: Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities Activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com Based on over 30 years of real-world experience... The Business Architecture Center of Excellence four-day certification workshops in business architecture will guide you beyond theory and into actual implementation. If you are looking to develop a baseline for business agility through goal-aligned, prioritized capabilities, we will help you get there. You will leave our workshop with real tools, processes, techniques, and most importantly, true hands-on business architecture project practice. For dates, locations, and more, visit BACOE.org. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holtzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. Virtual Business Architecture Services from the Business Architecture Center of Excellence will provide you with the expertise of our consulting services remotely so you can achieve your goals quickly, efficiently, and economically. Using our business architecture methodology complemented by our full BACOE practitioner support, we will help you achieve the same great results without any travel at a reduced cost please visit BACOE.org backslash virtual hyphen BA for more information. You are listening to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to Sam at EACOE.org. That's Sam at EACOE.org. Now, back to the 2020s enterprise
1: welcome back to this episode of the 2020s enterprise uh we're talking about moving from crises management to creating resilient organizations uh and that's the topic of today and uh, again for those of you that are listening live or on the internet later on today or the next few days uh, we are in the april 2020 time frame i usually don't talk about timing but we're in the middle of this uh Uh, pandemic, of course, that all of you are suffering behind and things like that. And for those of you that do have family members or yourselves that are a bit affected by this, uh, my heartfelt uh, uh, sympathies and hopefully a a quick recovery. Uh, We so far in our family have been blessed by not having any of these issues, but we are aware of some of our very, very close friends that have gone through this. And luckily, Uh, They have come out fine, Um, you know, that's there. So uh, there is some hope, but uh, it's a mess. And on top of everything else, the reason I mentioned April 2020 is we are in the middle of an election year in the United States. (laughs) And therefore, uh, grandstanding everywhere is going on, of course, that's there. And uh, of course, our Congress has decided that they're going to address the problem by going on recess until the end of may that sounds really good therefore they don't have to get their hands dirty you dirty people out there (laughs) oh my goodness okay let us talk about how to address this let's talk about something positive here that we can do starting tomorrow morning there is no reason to wait to give you a little background uh, when we look at analyzing things, whatever it is, whether it's a project, a program, a division, a department, a crisis, uh, trying to prevent crises, whatever it is, uh, a new project, a new activity, a new thought, there are six things that we look at. And we've gotten those things from the classical way that all of us should look at anything. And that's by asking six questions. What, how, where, who, when, and why? You've heard those phrases before. we have been trans- we've translated those phrases um, many, many, many years ago into uh, actions. And the six elements that we use are uh, the whys are goals. What are you trying to achieve? Okay, the how's are the processes? How are we going to do this thing? Uh, the where are the locations? How, what, how, where, who are the roles, responsibilities, skills? Think about that in this situation we're in right now. What, how, where, who, when is timing. And that's what we're going to be talking about here, events. What, how, where, who, when, and why. And the why, of course, why, 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 why are the goals that you're trying to achieve. And if we look at the last one for a moment here, and we're not going to be talking about this one in this episode, you know, what are we trying to do? You know, what are the goals we're trying to achieve right now? Well, it's, it's very easy to say this, okay? Prevent further uh, health issues. That's a platitude. That tells us nothing that's out there. That's like a what? A table of contents in a book without content. That's what we're hearing. Im, you know, improve employee health, reduce the number of coronavirus patients. Those are platitudes. It's like having, once again, a book with a table of contents without content. And everybody gets the bobblehead nod, and you see this all the time. Ah, the bobblehead, yeah, we go, ah, there we go. And of course, the next thing we do is write a purchase order. <laughs> Declare success. Okay, let's get on to the topic. Events, events. What these things are is you you actually describe the things that the organization may look at. Another word for events is a trigger, and the triggers could be things that you know about today, which are great. For example, what if another virus hits the United States? That's an event. I don't have to make that up. We know it's going to happen, so why don't we look at this now? Yes, we got people working on the crises now to see if there's a way to look at that event. What if another one happens? And let's see if we can look at things. What are the things that we're learning about these things? And so for those of you that are looking more of this from a corporate standpoint, an event in in your world would be an order is placed. Now think about that phrase and what we're seeing right now in the horrible situation we're seeing in restaurants and things like that. Most restaurants weren't prepared for order is placed by email or telephone or through a window. Now, it should be a strategic decision in these organizations to respond to that type of order or not. Let's think about it now. Let's think about that, and the you know, consequences one way or another. We can evaluate that. Order is placed by telephone. Order is placed by fax. Order is placed by walking in the door. Orders placed by looking at a menu. Orders placed by sitting down at a table. Those are all the different types of events. Ladies and gentlemen, they're events. Organizations, actions that you and I take are driven by events, not processes. Processes are the way we actually achieve the event. So if we can sit down and start thinking about these things and analyze these things, that's what we're we're looking at. How about this one? What if we find if the coronavirus lives a longer than a six-foot separation? And we're hearing about this now. What if the coronavirus lives longer than two weeks on stainless steel surfaces, which we're hearing about now? So as you're seeing, these phrases that we're hearing on television and the radio and all these newscasts and all the internets, they're stabs in the dark. And it's because... You have this crazy situation, and everybody's looking for answers. I am too. Some of us need to sit back for a moment and say, this isn't going to be the last one. And in my last show, I mentioned why this is happening, and it's because of the free f- of, f- flow of movement of people in the world. And I don't want that to stop. I want people of Asian descent to come to Walt Disney World. I want the people of, you know, uh, um, Russian descent to come from, uh, doesn't matter where they are. I don't want to have these things. But what we need is a different look on what, what we're seeing here. So this concept of events lets us sit down and analyze the what-if situations and put them in various categories, as we'll, talk about in, in just a little bit. <clears throat> an event can trigger something or request something. It can be a notice. It can be an alert or something like that. Hey, let's look out for this. So for example, in a hospital situation, if five people come in with elevated temperatures and XYZ and QRS, then let's sit back for a moment and analyze you know, what was going on. I was watching an episode of one of these medical shows on television and these patient, these people came into the uh, uh, the emergency room and within about 30 minutes of five people came in all at once within 30 minutes of them coming in and give, begin with medication. They were all going into cardiac arrest. If this, then that they came in, they had an issue some medication was given to them, and all of a sudden they go into cardiac arrest. Well, it turns out, to give you the you know the punchline here, the syringe that carried the morphine was filled with too much morphine. Okay, that was the essentially the end game, you know, that's there. Okay? Now the phrase that I use a lot is an open loop system produces defect, a closed loop system produces quality. So somebody fills these things with morphine. Nobody takes a look at what's in there. It's an emergency situation. Once again, a crisis situation. You grab this from the shelf. You stick it in the patient and the patient's almost dead. Oh, that's a good idea. So this concept of events and closed loop systems is what we're talking about. We need to take a breath. I know things are in panic right now. And there's a lot of people spending lots of money and lots of time and lots of brain cells on this. And they should be rewarded and that we got lots of heroes out there. But I have to use the word but. But something else is going to happen again that's out there. And so we have to recognize that. Just as I said, right now, the means of communication virtually around the world is the Internet. And we're seeing it starting to decay today. Today. Not six weeks from now or six months from now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to start looking at if the internet fails, what are we going to do today? We should have, of course, looked at it before. What are we going to do? You know what some people are doing? Anybody remember walkie-talkies? <laughs> okay. I happen to have six of them from the olden days. I think they still work. I'm going to have to dig them out. You know, it's out there. Okay. I don't know what the answer is, you know, completely. So what we have is a situation where we can start thinking about things through this concept of events. And we can schedule and plan for a number of things. Plan for a number of things. Think about things in a in, in, in a constructive manner. Now I'm going to give you a uncomfortable, on purpose of example of events and and it's on purpose because it was a horrible tragedy that this country experienced 9-11-2001, okay? We have these beautiful buildings in New York City and somebody decides to take an airplane and run them into these buildings, okay? Now, the buildings are surrounded by airports in New York, of course. And there is a probability that one of those aircraft can go out of control, not through terrorist act, but because of a engine failure, pilot issue, fuel, lots of different reasons. And I can assure you that the people insuring those buildings probably had a good handle on that risk that was there. But let's do an if statement here when we think about this, talking about events. If the airplane hits the building and it hits the building perpendicular, in other words, you have a horizontal building and a tall building, and the airplane goes into the building completely at a 90 degree angle, then this is the type of mitigation or the type of result that may happen that we're going to actually architect and build to. Slightly different event. If the airplane goes into the building and it goes in on a 45-degree angle, parentheses, and takes out a bunch of floors, not one floor, then what? Will the the building be able to withstand that particular hit? Third event, if the airplane goes into the building at a 45-degree angle, and it's full of fuel, and you get a fireball, then what happens? And of course, tragically, I want, again, it's a horrible example, but I'm giving you an example of the level of granularity we've got to think about these things ahead of time. And when we have cool heads, we can do this and we can measure the risk and look at it and say, this is the reaction. Or frankly, we can say, you know what, we are going to take that risk because the probability is is very low. And so there's more than just gut feel here. There's analysis, and of course, on a show like this, I can only talk to you about so much of this here. But you can look at these things logically and figure out what's going on. Now, once again, there's also positive actions. For example, um, we, you know, we have we're a small company. We are feeling the effects of all this just like everyone else. Uh, so far, we seem to be doing okay. Uh, and by the way, we were preparing for <laughs> not this but essentially 100% remote access with our clients. This is our seventh year, seventh year that we can support clients 100% remotely. Didn't do it yesterday. Had this all essentially in the can, ready to go. And now we're able to pull it out, which is fantastic. Okay, yes, it was an investment, thought about it, thought it was a high prob- probability, looked at the costs and benefits and said, we're going to prepare for this type of you know situation that was out there. No, we didn't compare, prepare for the coronavirus by any means but our workforce can be fully deployed remotely um, as long as the internet stays up, <laughs> okay? And we did talk about, believe it or not, what if the internet goes down because we feel that the internet has been fragile since its inception uh, that's out there. And to be honest with you, we don't have an answer for that. It is We have, do have a cell phone backup, if you want to call us that, and maybe that could operate there. Uh, uh, don't know, don't know. Don't know as as we look at it. So coming back once again to looking at both the positive and negative parts of this thing. So the concept is a triggering action that we refer to normally as an event. And we would sit down or you would sit down and start looking at these things. And when I say brainstorming them, it may take a day, a week, a month, a year. Let me tell you this. It'll never stop. It'll never stop because the what-if analysis. Now, again, I want to stress, you and I are talking in April of 2020. We're talking about negative situations, but we can also talk about positive. You know, let's look positive out a few months from now, hopefully. You know, what if the demand for uh, potato chips is 10 times uh, what we had before? Okay, what are we going to do? Let's look at the airlines. What if the demand does turn on automatically in, in September and everybody wants to fly out of here because uh, you know they've got cabin fever? What are we going to do? <clears throat> Nobody wants to turn down that business. So there's positive things too. It's not just negative. It's called planning. It's called architecture is actually what it's called, is architecture. Not technology architecture, but business outcome-driven architecture. You're looking at things and putting together approaches that you may pull out in the times of these types of situations. Once again, both positive and negative that's there. So some things can be planned. Some things can be initiated. Some things can be put into what you know what's called a warm start mode. In other words, I'll keep the motor running at a, at a low pace because I may need this immediately. Some of the things may be in warehouses, so to speak, because I have more time to gear up. And some of them may need to be instantaneous uh, you know that's out there, okay? And and to give you an example, uh, organizations and, and factories uh, tend to have you know fire suppression systems, um, you know, in their plants because it there's what if a fire breaks out? That's another event, and instantaneously you have to turn obviously the sprinklers on or whatever agent you're using uh, to suppress that fire. Okay, so that's a little bit of an introduction to this. We're going to keep going. Uh, after our quick break here and talk about the classes of events that may make this type of analysis a little bit easier for you. Thank you for listening. I hope you're somewhat enjoying this, even though the topic is uh, you know, a bit difficult uh, to talk about at this point. See you back here in just a few minutes.
0: Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us! Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holtzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. Are you stuck in your enterprise architecture practice with nothing but a bunch of static models and deliverables aimed at future technology development efforts rather than true business understanding? With the Enterprise Architecture Center of Excellence four day certification workshops, you will learn proven step by step enterprise architecture techniques to be used as the baseline for addressing continuous business and organizational change. For dates, locations, and more, visit eacoe.org. No travel, no problem. The Enterprise Architecture Center of Excellence and Business Architecture Center of Excellence are experts in offering distance learning enterprise architecture and business architecture certification workshops throughout the year. Your experience mirrors our face-to-face workshops and are not just remote broadcasts. You will collaborate in teams across the world just as though you were across the table. For dates and registration, visit eacoe.org and BACOE.org. You are listening to the 2020's Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to Sam at EACOE.org. That's Sam at EACOE.org. Now back to the 2020's Enterprise.
1: Welcome back. Uh, this, you're listening to Sam Holzman. The topic of uh, today's episode is moving from a crisis management to a creating a resilient organization. And we're giving you uh, what we consider to be the key element that organizations, especially in the situation we're in today, uh, again, April 2020 with the coronavirus thing, reactionary approach to what every organization is taking a mildly panicked or completely panicked situation. I know it's terrible. I again I want to stress in this last part of our episode today, any of you that are out there are really feeling of uh, whether it's personal pain or health pain or things like that, my Sympathies go out to you and your family. It, it, I really, really do sympathize what's going on. And once again, thank you for the emergency responders and the health care providers that are risking their lives on all of our behalfs. It's uh, above and beyond, and and uh, we should be thankful uh, for their efforts. And that includes people in the supermarkets and stocking the shelves and everybody. There's a lot of heroes out there that are not being recognized for all of this. And if any of you you are using, you know online, Ordering mechanisms, people coming to your door and people picking things off the shelf. There's a lot of people that are are putting their personal health uh, in jeopardy for our benefit, and we thank you all from the bottom of our hearts. You know that are out there, and from my standpoint, thank you very much, especially to the small business owners, since I am a small business myself, uh, in uh, in trying to work through this. Uh, in spite of everything else that's out there. It is a mess, and we know it. But maybe this will be the time when our leaders, the word leader is something that is very difficult for me to use right now at all levels, once again. Government, corporations, public, private sector, whatever you want to call it. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. Leadership is different than crises management and writing purchase orders, if I've joked with you before in this episode. So what you and I are going to do and what we're going to get in our organizations, big or small, big or small, is a recognition that this isn't the last time something is like this is going to happen that will bring people to a new realization that we are not equipped for this concept of crises, and perhaps we gotta think about the next one before it happens. Not crises management, but crisis anticipation, so we don't have a crisis. I call that leadership, and the way that we're gonna do that is through the concepts of what we call event modeling or event understanding or event analysis, and I described in the last episode of what that is. And in the work that we've done in this area over the past few decades, we find there are certain categories, categories that are there. Some of them are relatively easy for us to recognize, to understand, and to analyze. And one of those we refer to as arrival events. So you or your enterprise, or your business, or your organization, or your government institution, your religious organization, whatever the organization is, you're sitting there, and all of a sudden, something comes in the door, and it's something that you saw before, okay? Order is placed, for example, place an order, as an example, in the commercial sector, doesn't matter what it is. Now, what we have to recognize is that statement may have multiple variations as we're seeing right now in this situation we're in, orders placed by telephone, orders placed by fax, orders placed by email, orders placed by looking at a menu, orders placed by looking at a menu sitting down at a table in the restaurant. Whoa whoa. whoa oh All of a sudden we lost that one. So all of those are different event types. There's no such thing as a high level of detail when it comes to this. That's a nonsensical phrase, by the way, when you think about it. High level of detail, what does that mean? The phrase itself doesn't even make any sense. So when we're looking at things, things, we have to granularly look at these things and how we might react to them. And we might say to ourselves that, again, from an event standpoint, what if nobody can come in the restaurant? That's another event. So order is placed, and we see all these variations, and we see one of those variations may not be possible. It's an if statement. Well, what if people can't come into the restaurant? What am I going to do? And you can say, well, I'm going to throw up my hands, or I'm going to plead with the federal government for $1.29, or whatever it is. Maybe that's your strategy. I'm joking a little bit, forgive me, trying to bring a little levity to this very, very difficult topic you know, that's out there. I wouldn't count on that type of strategy that's there. I would think about these things. We call those arrival events. And we again do the analysis on the predictable and the variations. So, once again, we have it like a generic phrase an order is placed. Okay. And then we look at the variations around that particular phrase. Order is placed by phone, order is placed by email, order is placed by voicemail, order is placed by a third party, order is placed by walking in the door, uh, order is placed, you know, whatever. Okay. We call those arrival events. Most organizations should be comfortable with doing that type of an everybody should be comfortable doing those types of analyses. By the way, all of these, there is no magic here. There's no quantum computers that you need and all that other stuff, um, you know, that you're hearing out there. Don't need fancy schmancy tools. Uh, You may need some help. We're more than happy to help you. Yes. Yes, we are commercial and we do this stuff. But we believe that organizations, there's too much out there right now for us to do alone. We have to do this that's out there. Another class of events that you need to look at, and the reason we're doing the stratification for you, is to give you some method to the madness. In other words, you can break this thing apart into pieces and not get overwhelmed by these things. Another class of things that we call scheduled events. And for those of you in Europe and Canada, they are scheduled events. Again, trying to be a little funny. It's out there. Scheduled events. Actions driven by dates and times. Now, we're sitting here today, by the way. I want to give you a date on purpose. And this is just coincidence. Today is April 15th. For those in the United States, it used to be tax day. (laughs) When I say used to be, hey, what if the tax day moves, as just happened here? Okay. Now, people are saying, Sam, you're getting ridiculous. I mean, you can't plan for all these things. You can't. I didn't say you act on those, but you sit down and evaluate the cost, the benefits, the risk, the rewards, the probabilities of each one of these things and move forward. That is what's really called strategy. Strategy is not uh, uh, taking an, an, uh, 700 pages of text and putting it in a three-ring binder with leather bind volumes and, and gold printing on them. Okay. Human beings, by the way, can't understand that. That's another thing we should recognize. I don't care how many pages of text you write or what you write it on. Human beings are human beings. They can't understand pages and pages of text. Keep writing them. Go ahead. But we should be looking at, obviously, the human consumability of these things. And that's why I'm giving you this particular understanding. These are human consumable things that are out there. And these categories, are we hope, are helpful to you in dividing these things up. So the second class of events you could think about are scheduled events you know, that are out there. Now, in the situation that you are in right now, um, those class of events are probably not as explicitly an issue as some of the other categories like the arrival. And then we're going to come to the next one that is monumentally something that we should be looking at right now when we call them conditional events. I'll get to that in just a moment. But scheduled events are there once again on a periodic basis. April 15th should have been tax day, you know, that's out there. Okay. And we keep, you know, we keep hearing about, uh, um, you know, these things the opening of a store, April 30th and we hear April 5th, or, or May 17th and May 24th and, and May 58th and those types of things. I'm joking about that of course. but these things are getting very fluid right now you know that's you know that's out there and but you may essentially put a schedule together which is a bit distasteful. you know you're going to say to your staff or my staff or anybody, May 30th is it. If no revenue comes in by that time, we're going to have to close the doors. And it's people say, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want people to. Be nervous about this. Oh, you don't think they're nervous without you telling them this? You don't think they watch television? They don't think you have blogs? You don't think they watch all these crazy news shows and conspiratorial things and the dark net, the light net, the sort of net, and all these other new uh, thousands of news sources out there, and Facebook and Twitter and all these other Instagram and all that other things out there. I don't want to do anything negative about those things. So scheduled events. We have rival events which are very relevant to us right now in this situation that we should be looking at. Scheduled events, conditional. These are the tough ones in our world today. Scheduled events, excuse me, conditional. What are they once again? Actions driven by conditions. If then, if then. If the disease hits 20%, what do we do? If the disease hits 90%, what do we do? If we can't get people to sit in our restaurants, what do we do? If then, then we do this. If this, then we do that. If this, then we do that. What if a customer payment is delayed by 60 days? Then what do we do? Think about these. These are all conditional that's out there, and we should have a script on what that means to us. A script on what it means to us so that we can act on that when it happens rather than react on what that is. And the final category I want to talk to you about today is the recognition that certain things out there we may not know about or anticipate. I call them discovered. And these are the ones that are obviously troubling. They are real surprises that are out there. But if we start doing this analysis now, the number of discovered events are naturally going to be less Everything is discovered now because we're in a crisis panic situation. Everything is a surprise. Everything is a nightmare to us. They're all discovered events. So the objective, the objective of leadership, the objective of leadership should be to avoid discovery of events. I didn't say not acting on them, but the discovery. We make a strategic decision on how we're going to address these events. We think about these things. Right now for the next one. And yes, I'm not ignoring today's crises because it is that word crises. But let's turn these crises into at least for some dollars that we put away into a situation that we're going to create resilient organizations to avoid the next crises. And that really is the upshot of this particular episode of the 2020s Enterprise. Thank you for listening. Once again, to your and yours, please stay healthy. Please listen, whether we like it or not, to some of the advice out there. It's starting to make some sense. My best to you until next time. Have a great day.